0: When I started as a law graduate at the Crown Solicitor's Office, there was the solicitor, Graham, who I worked under, and then over him there was another boss, the practice group manager, and then the assistant Crown Solicitor, and then the Crown Solicitor, and then above the Crown Solicitor is the Attorney-General, and above the Attorney-General, the Premier. How many bosses do you have? Wouldn't it be great just to have one boss to listen to? But amongst all these different bosses... Whose order takes first priority? Whose request gets done first? Wouldn't it be great to have just one boss rather than many? This June we're looking at the series of the need to declutter our lives with one priority, one prayer, one boss and one sign from God. Today we're looking at one boss. Jesus and his disciples are on a journey, and the destination is Jerusalem. Along the way, Jesus performs an amazing miracle which leads to division. And it leads to the question who's the boss? And finally, with Jesus inviting us to simplify our lives. Firstly, division. Here's a picture of a happy family. Isn't it great that this family is multi-generational? And wouldn't it be great to see all those little kids running around having a good time? But sadly, it doesn't take much for a family to divide. A rift is caused. And all of a sudden, this side of the family doesn't talk with that side of the family. Division between family is all too common. Here's a picture of a happy workplace. I wonder, does your workplace look like this? Is your workplace a place where colleagues work cooperatively? where people support each other, where people genuinely care for each other. But then comes along office politics and division, rivalry, people pursuing their own agendas, and selfish ambition. Sadly, division within workplaces is not uncommon. Sometimes, whether in families or in workplaces... One person makes all the difference. In my own family of heaps and heaps of people, grandmother was the uniting force. We were a matriarchal family. But once grandma passed away, everything has changed. I've also been in a workplace where one person and his behaviour made all the difference in terms of how other people got on. Everyone divided over him. In our passage today in Luke 11, the key person people divide over is Jesus. Who is Jesus? Where does his power and authority come from? And these two questions spring from Jesus' miracle in verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed. In this crowd were three parties. Those who opposed Jesus in verse 15, those who wanted to test Jesus in verse 16, and those who knew that there was something special about Jesus but misunderstood him in the last two verses. Firstly, those who opposed Jesus. They believed that Jesus was satanic. Verse 15. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. They claim that Jesus is in cahoots with the devil. Now, in our own time, there are people who openly oppose Jesus and things done in the name of Jesus. For example, governments in the land of my birth in Vietnam There are parts of Vietnam, or in the land of my ethnicity, in China, there are parts of China, where those who follow Jesus are persecuted. But even in Sydney, this Easter, I had a go at delivering various talks on what's so good about Good Friday. You'd think that was pretty harmless. But my friend, who was the RSVP person for this event in her workplace, received this anonymous letter saying, I am deeply offended that you're running this group. Don't you know that we're in a multi-religious, tolerant society? The irony was that my friend knew, with lots of different people coming to this group, there were Muslim people, people from all sorts of different religions, this group, if anything, was the one where people got on and respected each other's views not so much the anonymous letter she received on her table. Or there's the prominent atheist, the late Christopher Hitchens, who said of Mother Teresa's work amongst the poor in India that her work was not good, that in fact it was evil. The second group want to test Jesus. They don't openly oppose Jesus, But like the first group, they don't want to believe in Jesus. Jesus has done something miraculous, something that amazes them. But it's not enough. They want more. They want a sign from heaven. I wonder whether in your life you've ever wanted a sign from heaven. My friend through high school, Gareth Chow, said that If Jesus is there, I want Jesus to show himself by doing something miraculous. Maybe something like um, flipping up his 50 cent coin and it landing on his side. And if that happened, what else would Gareth want? More coins and then for all five coins that I've got to land on their side. Then I believe, Jesus, that you're there. The problem with wanting to test Jesus is that when will there be enough poops for Jesus to jump through for you to believe in him? Now notice with this miracle account that according to Luke, nobody can test that Jesus did something miraculous. The only thing in dispute is where Jesus' power comes from and whether to believe in him. Both groups I've just talked about reject Jesus because they don't recognise his authority. And it's the same today. You need a legitimate, respected authority which all people are willing to submit to. Otherwise, there's division. The question is, who's the boss? And am I willing to submit myself Under this boss. In verses 17 to 26, Jesus uses common sense or logic. He asks a question to drive a conclusion supported by a parable to give only one answer to the question, who's the boss? Firstly, common sense or logic. In verse 17, Jesus knew the thoughts of the people questioning him and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. In Thailand, there are the red shirts and the yellow shirts. Thailand has experienced division with two opposing political parties. It's even led to confrontations between the yellow shirts and the red shirts where Bangkok has been shut down. However, as long as all Thai citizens acknowledge the monarch, the king of Thailand, Thailand still seems to hold together. The second half of verse 17, "A house divided against itself will fall. This is a famous line. and in this Aussie TV drama, I watched it last year, the House of Pancock, we see the story of the mining billionaire Lang Hancock and his Filipino maid Rose and daughter Gina Reinhardt, the richest woman in the world. There's rivalry between Gina and Rose. But then it leads to division in the family, with Father Lang losing the respect of his daughter Gina. And sadly, the division in this family continues into the next generation with Gina's children suing her. A divided house will fall. Verse eighteen. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by the The idea that Jesus' authority comes from Satan, it's not logical. Then in verse 19, Jesus asks a question, a counter question to point out the hypocrisy of his opponents. Verse 19 If I drive out demons by the eels above, but who do your followers drive them out? Their own followers whether successfully or not do the same. Why do they have a double standard when it comes to Jesus? Their own followers will be their judges. Now, in debating... Did anyone do debating in university or high school? I I had a go for a couple of weeks and then I got too scared. (laughs) You remove each one of your opponent's arguments, one by one, so that only one conclusion remains. Your conclusion. Having logically disposed of his opponent's argument, having exposed his opponent's hypocrisy, Jesus offers... An alternative conclusion to where his power to drive out demons originates. Verse 20. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This kingdom of God is not a fairy tale kingdom. Rather, the kingdom of God refers to the rule of God, where evil is driven out. Jesus' alternative and compelling conclusion is that in him is the authority of God and that in him, in his expelling of the demons, shows the coming of the kingdom of God. And he reinforces this conclusion with his strong man, parable. Here is a strong man look at his biceps look at his pecs a strong man that Jesus talks about guarding his house however enter an even stronger man (laughs) Dwayne the Rock Johnson whose arm is thicker than my neck and whose neck is thicker than my body (laughs) The even stronger man overpowers the strong man and ransacks the strong man's house. Who is Jesus? He is the even stronger man who has overpowered the strong man Satan and ransacked his house, driving out Satan's underlings. Jesus is not in league with Satan. Rather, Jesus has overpowered Satan. And he's tearing the forces of evil apart. Jesus is the boss. Now, there are problems when people don't recognise the boss. We saw it in the most recent federal election. You can't have two leaders of the Labour Party at the same time. Some people backed Julia. Others backed Kevin. And even their backers kept changing who they backed from month to month. A divided party cannot stand. Who's the boss? The Labour Party couldn't decide. And if reports were right, Rudd undermined Gillard, even feeding leaks to the media to play into the hands of the opposition. And the results? Disastrous. Both are no longer in politics. At work, you might get caught up in office politics. Maybe your is going through difficult times with different bosses fighting over limited resources and you're the resource. Who do you listen to? As gossip and undermining does the rounds in your workplace, whose side will you show allegiance to? Pictured here is the same man, one in a suit and one in overalls. This man is the CEO of American Seafoods. Picture here is also the same man, one suited up and one disguised as a pleb. He's the mayor of a big American city. Here is the one woman, one casually dressed and one a bit more dressed up. She's the founder and managing director of Boost Juices and they're all featured on the TV show Undercover Boss. The boss in this series looks like one of us, an ordinary person, just a pleb. But in Luke 11, he does an amazing miracle, driving out a demon. Who is Jesus? He's the undercover boss. He looks like his audience, but wields extraordinary power. Only one conclusion to where his power comes from. And if Satan is powerful, he's even more powerful. Jesus is the boss, the MD of the world, the CEO of heaven and earth. And if we're willing we can recognise his true identity. With such authority, Jesus is able to say what George Bush in the second Iraq war was criticised for saying. You're either with me or you're against me. Choose. In verse 23, Jesus says, He who isn't with me is against me, and he who doesn't gather with me scatters. When it comes to Jesus, you have to pick sides. You can't be neutral about Jesus. You're either with him or against him. Two stark choices, very black and white. You can't be like this country, (laughs) Switzerland. In the cosmic arena, whose side will you take? Who will you follow? Who will you listen to? We have many competing voices, many, it seems, competing sides in our world. But Jesus boils it down to two. You're either with him or against him. In verses 24 to 26, Jesus issues a warning about our choice, verse 24. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places or a desert seeking rest and doesn't find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits, even more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. If you knowingly reject or ignore Jesus and persist in this, the warning is that hardness of heart can set in. And your continued opposition to Jesus. Can leave you worse off than when you started. Jesus' audience, who witnessed an amazing miracle, a man who was once mute, who can now speak, a man who was once possessed by a demon, but who's now liberated, use the miracle, use the healing to attack Jesus, doubt Jesus, question Jesus, rather than believe in Jesus. When we in the face of something unarguably good and fantastic, question it, criticise it, we're on a dangerous path. Sure, we don't want to be gullible people. There is doubt which is reasonable. But beware our hearts. Beware our hearts and our minds, lest it, rather than be open to Jesus, harden towards Jesus. One of the beauties of following Jesus is that following him can simplify life. Rather than having multiple bosses, we can have one overall boss. So when it comes to who should I honour, who should I listen to, who should I obey, my father, my mother, the police, the government, my boss at work, we can see all of these relationships through the prism of obeying Jesus as the ultimate boss. Sure, there will still be complexities and difficulties, but at least there's one simple question. In all these relationships, how can I listen to Jesus? A woman in the crowd in verse 27 represents the third type of person in the audience. Not the one who opposes Jesus, not the one who wants to test Jesus, but the one who recognises something special about Jesus and honours Jesus. She says, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. However, her blessing only narrows down to one individual, Jesus' mother, Mary. Who is blessed? Jesus replies, verse 28, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God. Now this reminds us of an episode just 14 verses before. 14 verses before today's account, where Jesus is in the middle of this colourful portrait that I've got. And Jesus meets two sisters, Martha on the left, who's busy, anxious, troubled about many things. And Mary on the right, the positive example, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching, demonstrating the one priority of listening to Jesus. The appropriate response to recognising Jesus as the ultimate boss is listening to his teaching. But not only that, there's also obedience. I shared a flat with a guy called Andrew, who wasn't much of a cook. He didn't spaghetti bolognese very well, but that's okay. He wanted to learn how to cook a roast. Uh, you know, we've got one of these roast things from coal or woolies, or like and there are the instructions. But what does Andrew do? The oven, as we're cooking the lamb roast, he decides to choose his own temperature. And what does he do? While it's cooking in the oven, he goes along and plays with his farm he doesn't listen to the instruction and the results are not good. <laughs> or when you get the manufacturer's tag on your clothing. I had this great black cardigan that my sister gave me that said to hand wash it, but I think I threw it in the washing machine. And it said not to iron it, but I think it got ironed. It gets ruined when you don't listen to the instructions. True listening is shown in action. I've got a friend called Phil, who I knew from high school, who's a follower of Jesus. And in terms of applying, listening to Jesus and obeying Jesus, has adopted something that he calls slow reading. So he and some other friends are reading a New Testament book called Philippians. And they're going to keep reading the part, this New Testament book of Philippians until they see a changed life. They're taking listening to Jesus seriously. In today's story of a miracle of Jesus casting out demons, it raises the question, who is Jesus? Is he a charlatan, a trickster? Is he possessed by Beelzebub? Is he satanic? Or is he the undercover boss? Today's invitation is amongst many gods, many religions, to receive Jesus as your one God. Who's your boss? Who controls your life? Perhaps it's your earthly boss you so value your career, you're so ambitious, you might have a whatever-it-takes approach at work. Your earthly boss, or work itself, is your ultimate boss. Or maybe, if you're a parent, it's your kids. You might look like the boss, you're bigger than the kids, but your kids know the truth, mm-hmm. that you do anything for them, They know that they're the boss and they can manipulate you to do anything they want. Or perhaps it's your parents. All your life you've been eager to please your mum or your dad. You're longing for the well done son from your parents or the I'm proud of you daughter. All your life you're chasing the elusive approval of your parents. Who's your boss? Who controls your life? Today's invitation is for you to recognise Jesus as your one boss. And we've got this feedback form that I'd like to invite you to take out. And if you'd be so kind, we'd like to invite everyone to please give us their feedback. There's room for your name, your phone your workplace, and there, there, there's two kick boxes on the feedback form. There's the invitation to accept and recognise Jesus as your one box. And secondly, there's the invitation to explore who Jesus is using this resource called The Word One to One, this terrific resource which can help you explore who Jesus is from the Gospel of John. And at the bottom, if you could please indicate the times that you might be available to meet up to do this, and we'll get in touch with you. Amongst many bosses, who is your one boss? From that, but this, this question kind of came earlier in the talk, and it was this, can you tell us why Christopher Hitchens said Mother Teresa's work was evil? Ah, yes. Um, I, I, I've got to research that. Uh, if you let me know at the end who you are, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come and uh, uh, get the resource and uh, we, we can uh, discover it together. Can we really believe in demons in the 21st century Australia? Can we really believe in demons in 21st century Australia? I want to distinguish between superstition and the supernatural. Now, I've grown up in uh, in a very superstitious family. You know, all sorts of things like, if there's a full moon, uh, not to point at the moon, because otherwise when I go to sleep that night, the moon will come and slice your ear off. So I grew up, you know, afraid of the moon. But that was a silly superstition. Distinguish that from supernatural. I've got no problem in believing in the supernatural because I believe that there is a God. So it might come down to your assumption about whether there is a God or if there isn't no a God. If you work from the assumption that there is no God, then you can discount the supernatural. However, if you're open to the fact that there is a God then you open yourself up to the supernatural. Now, uh, this might be a, a heritage thing as well, in Asia and in Africa, people have no problems in believing in the supernatural and with that in demons and evil spirits. And the world of the New Testament, as, as Jesus drives out evil spirits, and as the early Christians in a book called Acts with Paul and the Apostles, they also have the power to drive out demons. They've got no problem with accepting that there are evil spirits and demons. It's interesting that my family, as I grew up, told stories of the supernatural as well as the superstitious. But having been in Australia for 30 years, nobody has had any experiences with the supernatural. So a suggestion that I've been given is that could it be That in countries like Australia, the West, that the supernatural is still there, but we're blind to it. That's not so much evil spirits and demons. Instead, it's our materialism, our comfort, where we still end up with the same result. We ignore God. Okay, the next question came a little bit later and it said um, you use the TV show Undercover Boss. How is he an undercover boss? How's Jesus an undercover boss? How is Jesus an undercover boss? Well, in this story, Jesus does an amazing miracle. And you notice that nobody contests that he actually did this miracle. All that they're contesting, all that they're dividing over is where does his power, where does his power to do this miracle, come from? Why? Because Jesus seems so ordinary. His flesh and blood, just like they are. And they don't want to believe in him. And yet, when he does such amazing things, where can his authority come from if it's not from Satan? There's only one other choice. That he's got authority over heaven and earth. That he's the undercover boss. So he's undercover in that he looks like everybody else, but he's the boss because through his actions and through his teaching, he has the authority of God in himself. Well, the next question kind of comes from that, too, goes on from that. If Jesus' power is so obvious, why didn't they then acknowledge him, or why did anybody, why people not acknowledge him? So if Jesus' power is so obvious, why don't people acknowledge him as the boss? Well, let me illustrate this by the people who were even the closest to Jesus. In John chapter 14, there's an episode where Jesus is with his disciples. And one of the disciples, his name is Philip. And Philip says to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. What's what's Philip, the follower of Jesus, asking for? Show me God. And how does Jesus respond? Jesus says to Philip, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? What's Jesus claiming when Philip asked Jesus to show him God the Father? Jesus is saying, look at me. Even the people closest to Jesus couldn't recognise him as God. They knew that he was special. They knew that he was amazing. They witnessed him say amazing things and do amazing things. And yet it was somehow concealed from their eyes to recognise him as the one boss. So, two elements to this answer is that number one is that it requires a supernatural work of God. The Bible talks about the need for God himself, by his spirit, to open our eyes and open our hearts to know that Jesus is the one boss. And secondly, it's a hard issue which we take responsibility for. Could it be that we don't want Jesus to be the number one authority in our life? We don't want to be accountable to another authority. It's convenient to live our lives doing what we want, when we want, rather than to have to submit to Jesus as the one authority. The recording that you have just listened to is from the City Bible Forum. For more information about City Bible Forum events in your city, or to order other talks, please visit citybibleforum.org.